Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 50. I'm your pal Val, and with me is the man, the myth, the legend, King NASCAR. Logan, how are you today? Doing fine, doing fine. Had a great race weekend this weekend. That's right, you were at Nashville. Yep, it was a great race. It was kind of, temperature was hot there, but uh, the racing was good. Uh, Kyle Larson ran away with it. Um, I think he led, oh, he probably, I think he led like 80, 90% of the laps. He just, he just killed the field. I mean, every time he got out front, he was just gone. We had a great time there. Um, the track was in great shape. I was really surprised because it's been closed for like 11 years. I don't know if it's been closed, but they, they haven't hosted a, a NASCAR race in 11 years. But it looked good. Um, crowd was great. I mean, it was a sold-out, packed house. I mean, it, it, I don't think there was hardly a seat available. It was it was it was good. It was really good. I we my son and I went Tyler, and uh, we had a we had a great time. Luckily for us, though, it was really hot, and uh, the sun it was you know complete you know it was a sunny day, but the um, the press box cast a shadow on where we were sitting. Cause we were up high and uh, luckily we didn't, we didn't bake, but I felt sorry for all those, all those people in the sun there. They got baked, but it was great. It was a good race. Had fun. It's awesome. Well, we will get to the cup race first little housekeeping here. Uh, this is NASCAR radio. This is where NASCAR NASCAR trading cards meet. Uh, we've got a good show to, for you today. We're going to talk about the Nashville truck Xfinity and cup race, the winners and their cards. And then we're going to talk about the 1982 Tough Wheels laser print cards that come with the little Matchbox cars. There's trading cards in there, so that's something that you won't hear probably anywhere else in the world. But I know Logan collects that set as well as me, so we will talk about that. And uh, so let's get started with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race number 12 at Nashville Speedway. That was the inaugural Rackley Roofing 200. And that was Friday, June 18th. Our winner was Ryan Priest. Our highest finishing rookie was Chandler Smith. And what's interesting was Ryan Priest, he runs uh, for JT Darty in the cup level. And this was his first truck race, uh, Ryan Priest. So congrats to him. He was running the Hunt Brothers Pizza Ford. Uh, Ryan Priest, we don't really talk about him too much in the Cup Series. He's in one of those lower kind of level, more mid-level funded teams, I guess you would say. But he's got cards in 2018. He's in Dunruss, but he's in the Signature Series. But he has base cards in Panini Certified, that 2018 Panini Certified. They're, I don't know, there's like 15 different parallels, Logan, for those. Uh, when you're looking for those uh, 2018 Certified Chase Briscoe's keep an eye out for some of those Ryan Priest cards. So uh, he's got all the, like I said, those parallels uh, and then mirror parallels as well. Fresh face signatures also in 2018 Panini Prism with driver signatures. There's about 15, I guess about parallels with no base cards, but just signature and parallels. And then victory lane in signatures as well is about three versions there. So really 2018 certified is his only base. Uh, everything else is signatures. And that's, again, one of those, Logan, where Panini likes to get all those signatures and uh, they're in all those other series. Yeah, they, they they seem to do that a lot with some of these newer guys. They they uh, <clears throat> they start out with signature cards and then later on they, they come out with their uh, real base rookie cards. They get those rookies uh, signing all those autographs while they have those young uh, young hands <laughs> to sign. Yeah, I think they, they do that because it, it doesn't cost them a whole lot and they can get mass quantities, which means they can, uh, you know, they can put them in a lot of boxes. So, But looking at the parallel, um, the number of autographs are really not that bad. You know, like in the certified, the highest is 99 all the way down to one prism driver signatures. There's a few there's a camo and a regular that are not numbered but everything else is numbered 25 or less and then victory lane signatures 150 a gold version 99 and the black one of one so not like he's signing 500 or whatever but and then yeah. our, oh good i was just going to talk about in the, the highest finishing rookie again was chandler smith it seems like he he does that quite often 
Yeah, he's he's doing very well. It's the uh, second week in a row. He's the highest finishing rookie. So, and like last week we talked about, it, he's in Dunruss uh, only autographs, signature series. Yeah, the, he, this year is the 2021. Yes. Yeah, and, and he runs for Kyle Busch. So, you know, Kyle Busch Motorsports has they have good equipment. I mean, as, as we well know. Oh, definitely, definitely. They're, they're I think probably one of the best teams in the truck series. So. But that was race number 12. The next race will be at Pocono Raceway, Saturday, June 26th. That's the CRC Brackleen 150. That's at 12 p.m. Stages are 15, 15, and 30 for 60 laps. No practice or qualifying. And there's only a few races left until the playoffs start for the truck race series. But they don't run every week like the Cup, so I imagine we'll have a few uh, weeks off. There'll be some big gaps here coming up. Yeah, and I know the Cup Series, you know, not, not to, try, to try to skip ahead, but, you know, NBC is doing the Olympics. So uh, I think there's actually a couple weeks where the Cup guys are off because of the Olympics. Okay. Olympics are coming. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I always – I love the Olympics, but man, that's that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I still, um, I, still think, I still think they should have brought stock car racing to the Olympics in Atlanta in 1996. That would have been great at the Atlanta track. I could that, see us going against some Russian dudes and whooping their asses. <laughs> that would be that would have been interesting. Uh, I'm moving over to the Xfinity series. That was race number 15, the inaugural Tennessee Lottery 250. That was Saturday, June 19th, Nashville Speedway. Uh, that was one of those where Kyle Busch entered and Kyle Busch won. <laughs> yes, Kyle Busch, he did great. I'm, I'm a Kyle Busch fan. I mean, you can love me or hate me for it, uh, but he's a heck of a driver. He's, I, I like Kyle because he says how, how he feels. He doesn't hold back. You know, some people think that he's whining, but I totally respect that. I would rather somebody tell me the truth than just sugarcoat something and lie to me. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a Kyle Busch fan. That was his hundredth Xfinity win. Mm-hmm. And so. think about think about that one hundredth win in in the three major NASCAR series. There's only been two other drivers to win a hundred races or more in any of the three series. That's Pearson and Petty. Right, one hundred five and two hundred. So he's that's a pretty big deal, and you know he's doubled what Mark Martin has. I think Mark Martin has. 49 something like that wins in the Xfinity series. So, uh, you know, and that's like kind of like Petty against Pearson, you know, Petty's got 200 and Pearson's got 105. So yeah, that that's, that's, a, that's, that's impressive when you think about it. As we've talked about him before, he, I don't, pe- I don't think people realize, and I guess maybe it's because everybody it's, it's fresh, it's current, but when they, he's done, he steps away the magnitude of what's happening will be a lot more clear. It's like Jimmy Johnson win, winning five straight championships, you know, and, and all that. So, but what Kyle Busch is doing in the truck Xfinity and cup series, yes, he's running maybe in some of these lower levels, but he's still running that whole weekend. I don't think that gets enough play as well. So it's not like the, you know, these guys have one job. He's, he's got three jobs or two jobs. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's the only driver who's ever swept a weekend too, you know, with all three series. And he's I, done I think, that at Bristol, I think, twice. Yeah. So that's something to say about that. And then our highest finishing rookie was Josh Berry at the fourth position. Again. Josh Berry's getting it done. He is getting it done. I like Josh Berry a lot. You know, he's a junior protege. Yeah, I don't think he's signed up for the whole series. And I you know, he's definitely Showing his talent in the limited number of runs that he's running. So yeah, somebody needs to to give him a full time ride because I think I think he could give uh, you know those other guys you know Almond or not Almond uh, Algar and and uh, you know Austin Cindric and those guys I think he could give them a run for their money. I really do because he's you know he's uh, he's got a lot of talent. You know we talk about Kyle Busch Motorsports in the Truck Series, Junior Motorsports in Xfinity Series. They put some good good cars together too, so that's a that is a good program to be running for if you can get a, a long term ride there. So absolutely. But we've talked about Kyle Busch 
and his rookie cards before uh, 2004. He's in a few different offerings with the base press pass 2004, as well as the 2004 Optima press pass, press pass stealth, press pass trackside, and 2004 wheels high gear. Yeah, that would make a a good rookie set on the PSA set registry. I think I, I don't think I have all of those graded, although I do have some off into the PSA Neverland right now. So if I ever get them back, I'm going to request that <laughs> request that set. And one of the ones that I like is the press pass base. There's a variation on that card, you know, that is done on purpose naturally, but with the infield and the tracker in the background and then also um, version without it. So that's pretty cool that they did that on his rookie, one of his rookie cards. So in one of those offerings. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess they kind of knew because I, I remember his brother, Kurt, one time, you know, when, when Kurt was winning everything, won the championship, he goes, you think this is something? What do you see my brother, Kyle? <laughs> and boy he was right <laughs> definitely yeah and again kyle bush his cards are relatively cheap i think we talked about it last week compared to like kyle larson whose stuff is on fire josh berry with very limited uh the number of cards and maybe that's part of it too is that kyle bush is in these multiple offerings and so it's kind of scattered as opposed to uh more focus so there's more Kyle Busch rookie cards to choose from. And I'll just say, and we talked about it last week and we talked about it before, the wheels high gear. Off-center, if you find a good centered copy. Uh, buy it. You know, yeah, buy it. Pick it up. They are notoriously off-center, left to right. Or right yeah. to left. Yeah, he, like I said, he's in five different five different uh, offerings from, from Press Pass that year. So, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, and I think like the Optima, there's a... Uh, Serial numbered version to 100. The Stealth, there's the X-Ray, also serial numbered to 100. You have the base with non-numbered, but then also parallels that are numbered. So you can pick, uh, I think it might cost you about $40, $50 maybe for some of those numbered parallels. But when you compare that to the baseball offerings and like Wando, everybody's going crazy over Wando Franco and that, uh, I'm sure it's, three or four digits for those guys. So, but I don't think you can't, you can never go wrong with cheap Kyle Bush rookie. So no, you can't. And then Josh Berry, we've talked about him. I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> he has cards in 2013 press pass total memorabilia. That is it. Uh, you know, there's a few versions of it. There's the base. There's a red retail version, a gold number to 275, a black and white number to 99. And then there's autographs with, Silver autograph to numbered 125, gold numbered to 99, blue numbered to 25, and melding numbered to five. So four parallels for the base, four parallels for the autographs. That's it. So you're talking about eight years ago that these have come out. So not a lot of wax around either. I think somebody has got one wax box out there for about $400. So it's tough stuff to find. But... you know, I don't, I'm not sure what the prices are going for right now, but they might be good if you can find them cheap to kind of hold and see if he gets good right or not. You know, we might be talking about him for a few years. So, yeah, maybe he'll show up in Chronicles. That would be nice. That would be very nice. I, I still haven't seen a checklist for 2021 Chronicles yet. I've been checking every day, nothing yet. Uh, the dates got pushed back from uh, this week to two weeks from now. So I'm expecting to check those maybe end of next week. We'll see. Our next race, number 16, is that Pocono Raceway. The Pocono Green 225 recycled by J.P. Mascaro and Sons. That's Sunday, June 27th at 12 p.m. Stages are 20, 40, 90 for 225 miles. So we're getting a double header on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, it's a doubleheader weekend. Is it is it Saturday, Sunday, or is it – I think it's Saturday, Sunday. So the truck race is on Saturday. Xfinity is on Sunday. Oh, I'm thinking Cup on my Sunday. Bad. Yeah. My bad. My bad. But a doubleheader on Sunday. And then speaking of Cup, that was race number 17 at the inaugural Ally 
400, which was Sunday, June 20th at Nashville Super Speedway. Yep, that was that was a fun race. That was the first cup race that my son and I have been to in a few years. You know, we, we have a scanner. We listen to, to MRN. We listen to the teams. Um, you get a lot of insight from all that. It, like I said, it, like I said before, it was really it was hot. It was in the nineties. Sun was out. Um, I noticed we went to some of the souvenir stands, and I think Valve may have touched on this before. But like Chase Chase Elliott has his own souvenir hauler, and then all the rest of the Hendrick guys are in one hauler by themselves. Was it the uh, same way? Was the Chase Elliott packed? Yes, Chase. The Chase <laughs> Elliott was packed. Uh, I, I, and I, that was no surprise whatsoever. Um, you know, I, you know, I saw that Dale Jr. had a, had a trailer. Let's see, uh, all, all of the all of the um, Penske guys had their, you know, they were they were in their trailer, including Matt Matt De Benedetto. He was with them, uh, but you know, uh, you know, it was. I, I thought it was amazing that Chase has his own his own hauler, and, and like I said, it was it was jam packed. And in fact, Tyler bought uh, he bought a retro Chase Bill Elliott t-shirt that i thought was really cool because we've always loved bill elliott and you know that's part of the reason that i think a lot of people love chase kind of like the dale earnhardt dale jr thing but you know tyler bought him a shirt uh i bought i bought some decals and some other stuff for my truck um you know from several different people uh you know i was really surprised i didn't see you know kyle bush's was kind of busy but not you know super busy you know, and all the rest of them were just, I would say, just they had normal crowds. But by far, Chase Elliott had a lot of folks buying, buying up his, his souvenirs and his gear. Super popular because it doesn't hurt reigning champion. And speaking of Chase Elliott, I was very surprised to see him disqualified from this one after the race. Yeah, yeah he had. We, we were listening to, uh, <laughs> we were on our way home and we were actually, <laughs> we were actually uh, in the drive through line at White Castle getting some White Castle hamburgers. And uh, it came on the radio. Uh, Claire B. Lang said that breaking news, Chase Elliott has been disqualified from the race for having uh, five missing lug nuts. It's like, holy crap. I mean, so he's relegated to last place one point. And I think he ended up finishing like 13th or something like that. I mean, originally, I think he was originally like in 13th place. Well, this is the last year for loose lug nuts. Yeah, yeah. Next year, if you have a loose lug nut, you're gonna have a big problem. <laughs> You'd be like uh, Quinn Huff. <laughs> yeah, lost his wheel. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, that was like the first lap. It's like yeah. what? If somebody didn't do their job. Is is what that all boiled down to? Well, I thought maybe when he he hit the wall that that had come loose, whatever. But yeah, I was really surprised with five loose lug nuts. One, two, maybe. I, I don't know. How you get five, but. But at least he's got his win, so he, you know, he secured his spot for um, the playoffs. So, but yeah. Kyle Larson won that in commanding fashion. Three wins in a row, or two wins in a row, a All Star win, and then this other picked up where he left off. So, uh, our highest finishing rookie was Anthony Alfredo in 17th spot. But it was interesting. I'm looking at the you know top 10. Ross Chastain second. William Byron, Eric Amarola, fourth. Kevin Harvick at fifth. Ricky Stenhouse, sixth. Daniel Suarez, seventh. Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell at number nine. Joe Logano. So some of the guys you don't see in the top ten, in the top ten. Yeah, Amarola, he uh, you know he started on the pole, and as, as we were driving up there, uh, Tyler and I were talking about it, and I said, I, I guarantee you, Tyler, that, that – Almirola will with Kyle Bush on the front row, he will not lead the first lap. Oh yeah, he'll he'll lead a lap or two and then he'll fade fade back. And sure enough, he didn't lead the first lap. I knew he wasn't gonna do it. I knew Kyle Bush was gonna say, Screw this, I'm gone. I'm gonna try to get out of here, but you know, he got thwarted by by Kyle Larson. Yeah, say the least. But Kyle Larson rookies, we've talked about them before the last couple of weeks. I won't go into great detail. Um, with those, but basically you need to know 2013 fanfare and 2013 total memorabilia. So when you're looking for Kyle Larson, look rookies, keep out, keep an eye out for those Josh Berry, uh, rookies as well. So, but you can still be, they can still be found. I, I told Logan before we came on that 
uh, Sunday during the race while I'm watching it. I went out to the Beckett Marketplace and was able to find a few out there for a pretty good price. I think uh, I think there were two of them for four dollars, and I think that was total memorabilia. And then fanfare for nine, maybe. But uh, you know, long term hold. You know, and also Logan knows this too. But uh, I've been we've talked about it before when we went to press pass and got that visited the folks at press pass and they gave us a box of that 2013 total memorabilia. And, you know, we've known about Kyle Larson for a, a while, all that time. And, uh, I would see him at, you know, the little 600 or some of these other events at the hall of fame even, and, you know, get him to sign rookie cards. So, uh, it's always good to have some rookie cards because you never know when you run into Kyle Larson or whatever. So, Yes, and since he's he's everywhere, I mean he's and you know he runs a lot of dirt, you know, throughout the the week before the cut, you know, dirt, you know, in between the cup races, and uh, they were actually talking to him on because you know of course Tyler and I had a lot of time to listen to the radio because we were stuck in traffic getting out, and then of course you know we had to, to drive home, so they were talking to him, and uh, the question came up was uh, was Rick Hendrick going to make him start you know cutting back on you know, dirt races. And he said, no, he goes, you know, actually, you know, I, I think it helps me stay sharp. You know, I'm always out there running something and uh, he goes, I think it helps. So he goes, and it's all working for us right now. So there's no reason to change what's working. Yeah. There's, there's, I, I've heard that before where he runs on Sunday and then earlier in the, you know, the next week he's out running at the dirt track. I need to go up there. I think they're up in uh, not Hickory or somewhere up there. There's a couple of tracks that he runs at. So, but yeah, it's keep keep on doing what he's doing and keeping him fresh because he is tearing it up. You just don't want to peak too early, but you know, I guess they still want to keep that momentum going. He looks unbeatable. Yeah, um, you know, people people are already trying to hand him the trophy, but you got to look at last year. Uh, you know, you had Denny Hamlin. And Kevin Harvick just tearing it up last year, and Harvick didn't even make the playoffs. And you see that Chase won, so you can't you can't go by what you're seeing right now. But you know, I I, I think for sure he'll be he'll be he'll be in the uh, final four because he's he's racking up a lot of playoff points right now. And I guess that's what I meant by peaking too early because you're right. These if he can get enough stage points, he can probably try to you know get to the end that way but with the different tiers in the playoffs and having a win he stands a good chance of, of making it to the final four so well you know that that's kind of what propelled truex to the final four a couple of years ago you know when when he won the championship is you know he had you know they, they banked so many playoff points that you know and those things carry over on every round so he just he was he was already miles ahead, literally or figuratively, however you want to look at it. Right. But he he was already way ahead before they even started the first race in whatever round they were in. So you know that that pretty much got him to the final four with no issues. And so I'm I don't know maybe it's the way my brain works, but that was 2017, and the reason I know it because he was in the 2017 Panini Instant. I sure wish they had that Panini Instant again. Yeah, Tracy Hackler, if you're out there listening, we want Panini Instant. Get those guys doing something. I'm telling you. Uh, Anthony Alfredo, switching gears. 2019, he's in the Dunruss next in line. That's that insert set, and there's a few different parallels of that. There's cracked eyes to 25. There's a holographic version, no number, and explosion to 10. 2019, Panini Prism, driver signatures, no base, just about 15 different parallels of driver signatures. And then in 2019, Panini Victory Lane, pedal to the metal. That's kind of a set inside a set. Yeah, it is. In fact, that that's that was a set within Chronicles last year. Yes. And so that was card number three. So I don't know if you consider that a base card or not. I mean, there's a Victory Lane set, and then there's pedal to the metal set as well. I think it's like 100 cards. So, but that's card number three, and there are a few other parallels. All of them are very limited: the gold to twenty-five, green to five, red to three, and black one of one. Wow! So that is Anthony Alfredo, and again, you know, it's either Anthony Alfredo or 
Chase Briscoe as those are the only two drivers going for rookie of the year in a cup season this year. So uh, kind of circling back to Kyle Larson and my observations from Nashville. Uh, one of the things that, that I noticed in Nashville is there were a lot of Kyle Larson t-shirts a lot. And not only that, when he won, there were no boos. It, they were all cheers and people were happy. So what that tells me is that all is forgiven and uh, he's good to go. So if you're a sponsor out there and you want to sponsor a hell of a driver, I, I would definitely be sponsoring this guy. I don't know why he doesn't have more sponsors lined up. I know that they, again, on the radio going home, they were talking to Rick Hendrick and he said, Rick Hendrick said that he's just not going to take just any old run of the mill sponsor, so to speak. He's looking for sponsors that are the right fit for Kyle Larson. So that's, that's part of the reason that there's not a lot of sponsors for him, but uh, the public perception of him is good. And like I said, in Nashville, it, there were no booze. It was all cheers. People, people love him. Tons of shirts. Um, so, you know, I, I'd say green light, you know, he, he needs, he needs more sponsors. And if you're a sponsor, you need to step up and sponsor this guy. I think that's, you know, the American, the I don't American dream, but the Americans root for, you know, the underdog, the, you know, somebody who has fallen is climbing back up and, you know, show, they've gone through adversity and was able to, you know, pick themselves up and just, do very well, and that he is so. Yep, and and, and we, I know we keep saying this, but you know, uh, he he has a lot to prove, and he is he is, like I said, he's he's telling Ganassi, hey, you know, look at me. You should have probably kept me, but I don't know that he'd have been doing as good in Ganassi equipment. Although Ganassi cars did fairly well in Nashville, you know, with. Uh, Chastain, Chastain, and then and, and Kurt Busch, they did both of those guys did good. I mean, for for compared to what they what they've been doing, and oh, <laughs> we were listening to the radio, the MRM broadcast during during the race when we were watching the race, and of course you have Rusty Wallace with his uh, his uh, wonderful color commentary that he is, in my opinion, he could do so much better. But anyway, he made the comment that. Something about Ganassi's been doing good all year, and they're showing it today. And it's like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? Where, what races have you been watching? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I was going to say, even I know that Hendrick apologized to Ganassi and them because they had a, a, a race or two where they did horrible and had gotten, I guess, some bad equipment or whatever it was. But they're definitely making it up. So next race. Race number 18 at Pocono Raceway, Pocono Organics CBD, 325, 3 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah, it's a doubleheader. They're going to have a Saturday and a, and a Sunday race this 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 weekend. Probably. Yeah, so there's two on Saturday and Xfinity on Sunday. Yeah, so it's uh, – I, I think, sure I think my... that's what they did last year because of COVID, and I think they're also doing it this year probably because of the Olympics. So, you know, this way – you know, they can get a race in uh, where you know, to make up for, for not having one during the Olympics. And maybe that's why I thought, I, I, I don't know, I guess I thought the double header was on Sunday, not Saturday. So double header on Saturday. And that is stages 25, 77, 130 laps for 325 miles. No practicing or qualifying. And our playoff standings after Nashville, 17 of 26 races. Kyle Larson, the first position with four wins. Martin Truex with three. Alex Bowman with two. William Byron, Chase Elliott, Logano, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Brad Kozlowski, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell. Denny Hamlin is the first at position 12 as the points leader. Kevin Harvick, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Chris Buescher, and then... Outside looking in at 17, Kurt Busch, Ricky Stenhouse, Matt DiBenedetto drops down, Ross Chastain at the 20th spot. Yeah, I was really hoping for Matty D to to do a lot better in Nashville than he did. 
Uh, in fact, I was, again, on, you have a lot of to time to talk about stuff when you've got a three-hour drive. But my, Tyler and I were talking about it, and, uh, you know, we were hoping that, you know, God, this would be so cool if he could get his first win here, you know. But little did any of us know, but we should have expected that, you know, Kyle Larson was going to run away with it. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, Joe Logano was the highest finishing Penske slash Wood Brothers Ford at the 10th spot. But my dad, he, he likes Ryan Blaney, so I think he had put some money on Ryan Blaney. <laughs> he ran into the wall, and he, uh, first he started with that. He came in the, I guess, pit road weird and flared, flared out the wheel well behind the right rear. He had to come in and kind of tuck that back in. So it started poorly for him and went downhill for. Yeah, I hate him. So. I, I like that kid. He's he, he's a, he's a good driver, and you know he's he's you know he's kind of showed up as old man in Cup because his his dad never did win a Cup race. Although well now. When it comes to Dave Blaney, I can tell you a little bit about that because he ran Amico and BP Amico, which I told you my follow-on worked for Amico. So we went to some of the Dave Blaney uh, events, and he was with Bill Davis Racing at the time, and Ward Burton was more of the number one guy than Dave Blaney. And I remember one time in Atlanta, he was doing really well, but he came in for a pit, and the pit, pit crew messed him up. And uh, he fell back. So I don't think he ever was in really good equipment. I know Ward did very well, but I think, I don't know if they were, you know, you know, you want to say there's no pecking order, but there is definitely a pecking order at the, at the shop. So, but yeah, Dave Blaney was world outlaws uh, champ, I believe. And also in that 87 world of outlaws set with Jeff Gordon. So. Yep. That's, that's his rookie. I believe too. And because of, you know, Dave Blaney, I, I got some of those 87 World of Outlaws. So, yeah, not a bad thing to have, dude. Nope, not bad at all. So, so I think that's it for Truck Xfinity and Cup and next week's races. And want to switch gears over to the 1982 Tough Wheels kid, from Kidco. If you're a typical Matchbox car. But during this issue, uh, there's a there's a you know a little starburst on the package and it says free two laser print cards, trading cards. You know this is something I don't know where I saw it. Maybe it was at a show or or something. Maybe it was online. I was searching for Earnhardt, and I came across it. It was one of those things where I was like, that's kind of interesting. And you know, doing research the way I do diving in so the cards are smaller they're a little bit smaller than three inches and a little and about one and three quarter inches they're yellow bordered like i said you get two cards per package there's 24 cards in the set uh one probably the the biggest key to it is that there is a dale earnhardt wrangler car uh was it the what's is it illumina I'm trying to think of the make. No, it's a, it's a uh, it's a, it's a it's a Ford. Uh, it's not no, it's not Lumina. Now that that was when he was still. Uh, I think he was still with Bud Moore at that point. Because it's yellow, and I don't. It looks like the Wrangler car, but it is Wrangler. Bud Moore had they had the Wrangler sponsorship, but I think it was the at that time he was running for Bud Moore, and it was the number fifteen car. Okay. Yeah, but um, talking about those cards. I remember when I first submitted some of those to PSA, they sent them back because they didn't have a, a, a spec on them. So I had to go through uh, a little bit of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I, anyway, I had to go through, it took a little bit of effort. I, I got a hold of the right people at PSA and, uh, you know, sent them a whole bunch of documentation about it. And they, uh, they created specs for it so we could get them graded. So now uh, you can get those cards graded with PSA. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, I, I went through a lot of stuff to try to get those things going because, like I said, when I first sent some in, I got them back and it, it said no spec, and, which means you know we don't know anything about them. We're not gonna we're not gonna research them. We're just we're just not gonna grade them. Here you go. I had to go through the same thing for the 2019 Dunross Fox announcer set, but um, on the Tough Wheels on the back of the package it says 
new Tough Wheels laser print package. This new Tough Wheels laser print package was created by using nationally recognized photographer Bill Stahl's special laser photographics effects. Bill Stahl may be the most published racing photographer working today. His works appear on a regular basis in Sports Illustrated, Motor Trend, Road and Track, Car and Driver, and numerous other trade publications. Bill Bill shot the cars, trucks, and motorcycles for the Tough Wheels package at Road America Racetrack in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Bill worked with laser beams and a special computer electronic transfer process to add his laser color special effects to the racetrack photos. Many people refer to Bill's art form as, air quotes, painting with cameras. And then new Tough Wheels laser print trading cards. Tough Wheels presents 24 different laser print trading cards. All have a wild laser color photography and contain racing facts and information on the back. All 24 represent special photos taken by Bill Stahl. And then there's little tiny print uh, of a picture of each of the 24. And it says collect all 24. Like I said, the card number four is the Earnhardt. And number seven is Richard Petty. Those yeah. are the two. Yeah. And uh, you, you were talking about the card measurements. Those cards measure uh, one and three quarter inches by two and three quarter inches. Okay. Thank you. So you won't hear that anybody else talk about that probably in the world except for us. But uh, it's a cool little set. And, you know, me and Logan have been collecting it for a few years. Uh, if you can find them, they're not very expensive. Naturally, like I said, there's two cards you don't know. You can kind of see the card on top, but I don't think there's any kind of order because the two times that I've gotten the Earnhardt, I believe there's a different card on top. And, you know, they've been starting to take off. Um, there was a PSA 10 Dale Earnhardt. I believe it sold for $1,000. Yeah, and I missed that. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't usually impulse buy, but if I had seen that, I may have bought that uh, for that price because, um, you know, that's, you know, again, you can have the debate about Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s rookie cards. I mean, this could even be the, the real rookie card. I mean, it's got his car and you know, he's in the lead. Uh, and, and I did, I did all my homework on that. That, that, that truly is his, that truly is him. It's not Ricky Rudd or somebody else in that car. That is Dale Earnhardt in that car. Uh, so, you know, you could debate it if you want, it could be his rookie card and there's a lot of demand for that card. And there's a lot of Dale Earnhardt senior collectors out there. Uh, you know, we heard of a private sale of one of those, another PSA, I think it was it a PSA seven that went for like 500 bucks. So. That's pretty pretty good money, and it predates the '83 Uno. Yeah, and you know, and we were talking about this, um, or this is one of the points that I brought up is that I would imagine these are going to be very scarce because back in '82, when the kids opened these up, you know, they were they were getting them, they were buying these for the metal cars to play with. They were not buying these for the trading cards. So no. whatever is left now. Uh, for collectors to try to find. So, you know, you, you can't get them out of wax boxes or whatever else you have to look and find them and hope that they're still in good shape. The, again, they are on the blister and the two cards are on the closest to the cardboard. And then there is either a plastic package that's got edges to it. So it's it's raised up and that the cards are not you know, squished or whatever. And then there's another version where there's just a piece of thin plastic and then the, the car, and then it's sealed with glue, or whatever to the backer board. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but the, the car does not rub up against the trading cards. So there's kind of some protection in there, but you know, after all these years, you know, there might be some movement or whatever, but you know, just, just trying to find them is pretty tough. So yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. It's it's been that's almost forty years ago, um, and to me, that doesn't seem like it's been that long. Wow, thirty nine years. Yeah, but that's I mean, for those things to, to to still be around and to still be able to find those cars with those cards, you know, in in the in the blister pack with the car, uh, is quite amazing. 
And like, like Val said, there's no rhyme or reason or no pattern or anything like that on uh, if you see a particular card on top, what card's going to be underneath? Because I've opened up a bunch of them myself, and uh, I've never seen any pattern whatsoever. Um, the one thing I can say is that I bought a case of these, oh, I don't know how many years ago, maybe three or four. And I think the cases run by type of vehicle. So the case that I had were like trucks and Jeeps. And then the other ones that I've seen are cars, maybe Corvettes and hot rods. So I think maybe that is the way they kind of run. I wish I could find more cases of those things or would have bought a lot more. But I'm glad that PSA grades them. They're a fun little set. They don't really break the bank. And, you know, again, I think the chase is half the fun. Oh, I agree. And one of the things that you have to – to to look at with this set as well is it's not just you know that sure you've got richard petty and dale earnhardt in here as far as nascar is concerned but you've got you know grand prix cars you've got trans am cars you've got motorcycles you've even got semi tractor trailer racing which is card number one uh so it encompasses all different types of motorsports yeah, you're correct. I don't know who uh, the Formula One or whatever that uh, open open wheel car is, but yeah, it's it's a unique little set, and uh, you know it's not one of the norms, but it's a uh, you know a pretty cool set. Yeah, I mean it's got IndyCar as well. I mean it's there's one there's card number five that's racing racing the Indy Brickyard, and it's, I I, you know, I haven't I haven't done any more homework other than the nascar cards i guess i probably should do that just kind of see who some of these people are on these cards hey maybe um, find a mario or somebody else a neil hamilton he, yeah i don't i don't like i said i don't know who all is on here i mean there there's another card you did this joe shows pontiac firebirds on so like i said it, it encompasses all forms of motorsports it's it's i really i'm like val i really this is a cool little set it's 24 cards it's it's it takes a little bit of work to, to collect it, but it, it's, it's, it's like Val said, it's not going to break the bank and it's, it's fun. Yeah. There's a formula one car. Uh, you, you can see some trans am cars, some IMSA cars. There's uh, and, and they're neat and they're neat looking cards. The way, the way that uh, Bill Stahl did these with his, uh, his camera and his, uh, his laser technology that as he called it back then, um, you know, it, to me, these cars are a little bit ahead of their time. Yeah, I was kind of laughing when I was reading that off the back. But yeah, you're right. You know, with a computer and some other stuff. Now, when you think about it, you know how much power you have in your phone, let alone, you know, back then. I guess that's pre Windows. It's um, early, early Apple stuff. I'm trying to remember when I was in high school. Uh, some of the stuff we had, but you know, the back, I don't think the backs get enough credit either because, you know, this is a first series collector's item. Uh, this is the back of the Earnhardt at the track with Bill Stahl, NASCAR, and it's got the N.A.S.C. You know, they do each, each letter with a period. Drivers try to join this draft. Drafting, in quotes, is a term used when a car races and there's a, it looks like a, an N. Instead of like in the slipstream in quotes of a car in front of it, not only this not only increases the speed of the second car, but the first one as well. This shot was taken at the 1982 Daytona 500, one of the most important of all racing events. Buddy Baker knows what it's like to end up a winner at the Daytona 500 after losing 17 years in a row. Baker went on to win the Daytona 500 in 1980 with an average speed of 177.602 miles per hour. It was the fastest average speed ever achieved in any 500-mile race. And then there's a Tough Wheels trivia quiz. Which assembly line car had the largest production engine in the world, and in what year? Yeah, that's uh, that. that it, it's pretty cool. I mean, and a lot of people don't read backs. I mean, I, I used to read a lot more backs than I do now. But um, okay, I had to flip the card around. Ready for the answer? Go for it. A 1970. Cadillac Eldorado with a 500 cubic inch engine. Huh. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, I always like, you know, cards that have, you know, some information on the back and, you know, 
the one that pops out, you know, the tops cards with the little cartoons and stuff. But granted, these don't have cartoons, but they, you know, have a little trivia. And, you know, they say Kidco 1982. So, you know, the, the date on those. Uh, it, it's, a, like I said, a fun little set. And I don't think a lot of people know about it. But here at NASCAR Radio, you know, we try to uncover and educate as much as we can with some of these older issues. So this one will go into archives. So uh, to, to kind of uh, expand on what you were talking about with uh, the 1982 Daytona 500, uh, Dale Earnhardt drove the number 15 Ford Thunderbird, T- the, the Wrangler Ford Thunderbird T-Bird. And uh, it was car number 15. And he ended up finishing 36th. He had an engine problem. Pretty cool. So, so there you go. Yeah. And that photo there, he's leading – you know, the line of cars and Richard Petty looks like it's behind him. And then, you know, somebody else and you can kind of not make out uh, the other cars. So, but yeah, I'm, you can see that big number 15 there on the front uh, headlight there. So, uh, and again, that's card number four and it's drafting to win. So no real mention of Dale Earnhardt, but you can definitely tell that's a Wrangler car. Yep. And again, uh, you know, it's on the diehard Dale Earnhardt collectors. This is one that's on their list. Yeah, it's it's kind of in a way, it's almost a holy grail kind of card because it's like Val said. I mean, kids just chunk those cards, and you know, they all they wanted was the car. They didn't care about the dang cards. So they're 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 scarce. I mean, I I, I search for these things. I shouldn't even say this, but I search for these things every day, and. Uh, they don't pop up very often, and, and you know you've got a basically a one in twenty four chance of hitting one of those cards, which you know really that's not bad odds, you know all things considered. But uh, yeah, it's they're they're tough, and I guess you know the the tough wheels are tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long that uh, kid co lasted, and it's interesting that it says you know it's the first collector series. I don't think any, it was you know followed up. Yeah, it looks like they they had at least the thought in, in their mind of having a second series, but I guess it just never materialized. So in this last lot that I got, I actually was looking at the different backs. The UPC code, it looks like there's three different numbers, the last two numbers ending in. So, And I noticed when I opened one, the protective cover covering the cards had a lip to it so that it wasn't pressing straight down. And that's the way it was when I opened that case of the trucks and the Jeeps. And then other version was just a thin piece of plastic. So, yeah. Yeah. For those of you who can't see it, uh, it's either, either a thin piece of plastic that, that covers the cards, but it's the protection from the diecast car, or it's almost like a, I don't know what you want to call a recessed that area, a little recessed piece of plastic that also protects the cards. Yeah. So, so at least they were thinking ahead on that. They were trying to, trying to keep the cards in good shape and not get them all scuffed up. So I don't know if there's anything else to add with the 82. No, it's just a, of wheels. It, it's, it's just a fun set. Uh, I mean, if, if you're looking for something, if you're looking for a challenge and you're looking for something that's going to be, or at least I think is, is, is a, is a good, set that, that has value because like what we were talking about earlier, a PSA 10 number four drafting to win with Earnhardt thousand dollars. I mean, who'd have thought that out of a, out of a little, little 164, uh, 164 scale diecast car pack. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I'll show you what the price was on them. They were discounted. Uh, yeah. Val, Val has some packaging. It's three for $2. Yeah, of course, that's 1982. Well, I don't know when it was. It was probably after 1982. There's probably some kind of clearance or something after that. Is that like KB Toys or something? That's what I'm check. It was KB Toys, yeah. Yeah, so at that point, they were already discounted. $1.29 down to three for two bucks. Because God only knows how many KB Toy stores I went to back back during that time looking for, for NASCAR stuff. Uh, let's see. Moving over to NASCAR news. Some eBay sales. A 1989 Max, Dale Hart Sr., number three, PSA 10, sold for right out of $1,000. Yeah, and, and of course, the Kidco Earnhardt 
also sold for right at $1,000. Yep. There's a sale of an 83 Uno Earnhardt PSA 9, but it was a best offer. It looks like eBay has fixed the little loophole that allows you to see what those prices have sold for. So we'll have yeah. to guess, but, uh, you know, probably I contacted the seller and, you know, he did not want to divulge, but he said the average be around is around 800 to 1200 for the 83 Uno PSA 9 Dale Earnhardt. So, which is probably, I think more of the, the high end, the 1200 is probably or a thousand, I think is probably a good price for that. Those are yeah. crazy rare. And again, it's one of those that's on everybody's wish list. So, yeah. And of course, there's some Haley Deegans out there that are, that are still going for pretty good money as well. Now, that's, that made, made me think of two different things. Uh, so, in NASCAR New, we, uh, Jeff Gordon is, looks like he's going to retire out of the booth. Before you make a comment about that, Haley Deegan finished second in the, I believe it's the SRX racing series. So and that was on dirt. I think it was Knoxville, maybe. It was. It was Knoxville. Um, yeah, that's the SRX series. That's the the uh, Tony Tony Stewart's uh, and Ray Abraham's version of IROC. It's a superstar racing experience, I believe, is what SRX stands for. And uh, I've I always did like the IROC series, so I like this SRX series. I'm glad that they, in a way, kind of resurrected this because uh, you can get you. You have equally prepared cars, and of course, you know Ray Everham did. Uh, he was he was one of the chief mechanics uh, in the IROC series. That's kind of how he got his start, in, you know, to be a crew chief. And so uh, he has a lot of experience making these cars equal. So uh, you get all these dri drivers from all these different disciplines racing against each other in equally prepared cars, and uh, basically it's just to see who's the best. And uh, like I said, I've always liked IROC. Um, I've even got, <laughs> you can't see it on camera, Val can't see it, but I have an Al, an Al Unser Sr. IROC racing suit. That oh, was nice. the first racing suit I ever got. I traded a computer for that thing a long, <laughs> long time ago. I mean, we're talking 20-something years ago. I traded a computer to a guy for that suit. And how much is that computer worth now? <laughs> nothing <laughs> and look what i was glad to do it he goes he goes man i need a computer and he goes i got this racing suit i'll trade you i said sold so i, I basically bought the computer back then uh for you know whatever i can't remember how much it was I, i'm thinking i'm thinking my cost because i used to work at a computer shop back back in the 80s and uh i think i probably spent like 700 dollars or something like that on components and built the computer and 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 the monitor and everything and uh, traded it for that racing suit. And it's still here. In fact, Val, you saw it because I took it. Remember I, I brought it to, to um, uh, Indy when we went to Indianapolis a few years ago to see if anybody had any interest in it, but nobody really was biting on it since it was Al Unser senior. It's probably changed now. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, 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 it's over here to my right. And that's the first racing suit that I ever, I ever bought. I still, like I, said, I still have it. Very nice. But yeah, I, getting back to IROC and uh, SRX, that's what I like about it. That, that because you know, you, you, you see you get to see who are the real drivers because <laughs> you know, Jeff Gordon, he never won a no, I, I take that back. He won one IROC race and I was actually at that race, it was a Daytona. And the only reason he won is because it was rain shortened. Uh, he just happened to be in the lead when they called it for rain. But that's the only race he ever won. But then you look at Mark Martin. Uh, I think he's the all-time leader in the IROC series. And I think he also has the most championships. So, you know, that, that tell, to me, that always told me a lot about the drivers and, you know, who, who truly, when you have equally prepared cars and you're not, you know, for lack of a better word, you're not cheating. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, you've got equal, equally prepared cars. You get to see who who is the real driver, and that's what I always loved about that series, and that's what I'm I'm really liking about the the SRX series. So I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see Haley Deegan finishing second. That uh, that tells me a lot right there. That's awesome. Yeah, she's definitely got some talent, and I think it's just you know making that transition from dirt to asphalt. So yep. And then with Jeff Gordon kind of becoming the number two 
over at Hendrick and stepping away from the broadcast booth, which actually I'm surprised it took this long because I don't think it was any kind of secret that he was going to, uh, you know, when Rick Hendrick steps down that, you know, he would kind of take over. Yeah. He's going to, he's, he's, he's grooming Jeff for, for that job. I mean, he's, he's going to be the vice chairman, which the only person above Gordon will be Hendrick. So everybody within the organization, uh, Will, will answer to him as well as Rick Hendrick. And, uh, you know, they, they've got their own culture and their own way of doing things. And, um, you know, that's, I'm sure that's, that's the tradition that Jeff Gordon uh, wants to keep. And I'm sure that's what Rick Hendrick is going to instill in him. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's no surprise to see that. Um, you know, we, we knew years ago that especially after Rick Hendrick's son was tragically killed in that plane crash in Martinsville, that, uh, you know, he had already mentioned that that he was pretty much gonna gonna will uh, Hendrick Motorsports to Jeff Gordon because Je- if, if it wasn't for Jeff Gordon, uh, Hendrick Motorsports would definitely not be where it is today. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it made me think of you know he had that kind of I'll say messy divorce with Brooke. Jeff did that. You know, I think Rick had said that Jeff slept on his couch during some of that time. So, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, father, son, but definitely, you know, close, close relationship, um, business and personal. Yep. For sure. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, that divorce, I think, um, uh, I re- remember reading somewhere. I think one of the things that she got from him was one of his Winston cup trophies. She, and I know she got like something like $30 million or some kind of crazy amount of money from Jeff. Uh, because I, I don't know if you remember Val, but at the national several years ago, remember I, was it Heritage or somebody had a, uh, I think it was a nineteen, was it the 1990, 1998 Winston, or yeah Winston Cup championship trophy, Jeff Gordon's trophy, and uh, I talked to the guys about it, and they told me that yeah they got it. It was one of the things that Brooke got in the divorce, and when they got it it was completely disassembled and they had to put it back together. So she had, I don't know why she would have taken that thing apart, but she did. (laughs) And they had to put it back together. Um, I was going to say, I think one of his other trophies is at the racing hall of fame in Dawsonville, the Georgia hall of fame. That's weird. I wonder why it would be there. Cause I, I want to say it was Jeff's trophy. Because when I went to Dawsonville that one time, going through it, they had a lot of stuff there. Uh, I don't think it's Bill's trophy. I thought it was Jeff Gordon. It was kind of weird. But anyway, um, a little plug for the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame in Dawsonville. Yeah, that, that that's got a lot of of um, a lot of big name drivers. Bill's in there. Tim Flock. Um, Raymond Parks. and those those early pioneers, uh, Raymond Parks. I mean, all those people. Yeah. So it's a cool place. If you're anywhere near there, uh, it's it's a it's a good little place to stop in and uh, check out. It's a little pre NASCAR and early days of NASCAR. Mm-hmm. But we've passed the hour mark. I don't know if there's anything else um, we've missed for today. I think we're good. Um, I know we wanted to maybe try to touch on uh, 89 Max, but we can that, – that's that's a whole other big topic for – no, actually, we've talked about that before. But I th- think we were going to talk about how some of the old pricing for 89 Max, but like I said, that's a different different topic for a different day. Yeah, I th- you know, we can talk about it real quick, but basically it was the escalation of pricing for the 1989 Max, how they saw the set went from $30 – to basically three hundred dollars, uh, I think they said it went from fifteen to thirty, and it took about fifteen months, and then all of a sudden it went from you know thirty to two hundred and something in fifteen days. Yeah, does that sound familiar? We didn't even have COVID back then. I, I know that's why <laughs> I was. That's what kind of st- stood out from the article for me. They also talked about that the print run was only thirty million cards. The Max Facts kind of debunked that and said the print run was never released but there were numerous articles in 
letters to the editor about the scarcity about the 1989 Mac set and the toolbox set. And it's kind of what we had talked about actually is that they went to the distribution model of selling it from Macs only and that the wax was very scarce and about the stickers and how scarce they kind of are. There's a yeah. few numbers that were they said were more scarce than others, but I don't know necessarily if that holds true or if it brings any more value you know, nowadays. You know, the sticker set is kind of a afterthought. Uh, maybe for somebody who wants a master set, I don't think it's, you know, a collecting challenge. And of course, you know, there's really not to them. They're kind of very bland if, you know, maybe if they were more uh, spruced up here. True. Maybe they used some of this laser technology that Stahl used. It would have been better, but. <laughs> Make them 3D. Make them, <laughs> Make them holographic. But basically, yeah, about the 89 Max, how scarce they were, but and also how the escalation in price. And it's very similar to what we're seeing right now, where the set was in the 30s. I think they said cost was 27 from Max at the time, and that they had shot up to about $350, $370 for the set. The, the cards commanding the pricing was the Earnhardt and the Rob Moroso. And that was during the same time that the, the 88 Max Myrtle Beach went up to like $1,000 for, for a, a factory set. So, yeah, that was that was during some crazy, crazy times and some exorbitantly high prices back then. Yeah, so it's just not now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it existed back then. Yep. It goes in cycles. Yeah, so this is – so this is – the March of 1991, and the 2000, the 220 card toolbox set is 325. The 220 card white box, which we talked about, was 324, is a dollar less. <laughs> <laughs> and the hand collated set was 324. 100 card set, the peak set was 130. Wax packs were $11. Incredible. Uh, and then I don't understand why, but the Dale Earnhardt is $9. But the Jeff Bodine, each one of the variations is twenty dollars each. The yeah, Rob Moroso, fifty dollars. Yeah, we talked about that. Was it a couple weeks ago about Rob Moroso? But it, yeah, right. yeah, that Wendell was tragic. Scott. <clears throat> yeah, Wendell Scott's in there. He's got a card. It's it's a the eighty nine Max is a great set. Four but it's basically every card is three dollars. Uh, every common or two dollars. So that's why I guess why they the set price is is uh high and it says all cards not listed below two dollars a piece wow so yeah that would about about average out like, well no I mean, even if it, even at two dollars a card times 220 that's 440 bucks yeah we usually get a discount though you know when you when you buy the set when you buy the set right yep but then also we'll probably talk about it next week is the 1990 max set at that time the max set is you know the white hobby set 140 the red and white 60 the red and yellow 65 and the metal box 60 dollars so yeah and, and i've got I'll, i've got a fun story i'll share on that uh on the 1990 max and my family at that during that time um it, it was it was pretty fun i i can i still vividly remember going through all of that we'll uh talk about 1990 Max, I guess next week then. Yep. And hopefully Jason will be back as well to join us. So, yeah, I haven't been on a show with Jason yet. So I guess I think Val is, I think he might keep me. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep, we'll, we'll, you're still on probation. So, we'll, oh, on probation. No, yeah, no, no, <laughs> we, yeah, no, we'd love to uh, have everybody. So it's a lot of fun. Again, you know, I can talk NASCAR all the time. So, and I know I try not to waste the listeners' time. So, but bring pertinent and factual information about NASCAR trading cards. And like today, where else are you going to find out about the 1982 Tough Wheels Kidco? So, yep. But I guess we'll wrap it up there for the evening. Yep. You, everybody uh, have fun collecting and uh, uh, collect what you love. Exactly. So for me and Logan and Jason, thanks for listening. Please like, share the podcast, share NASCAR trading cards with your friends, and we will see you next week.